The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Well, hello there, and welcome to Martin and Kathy's Coffee Binge. We're so happy that you're here today. Ah, that's good, Joe. You did it! Congratulations! World's best cup of coffee. Great job, everybody. I have lived through war. I lost much. I know what's worth the fight. Honor and courage are matters of the bone. And what a man will kill for, he'll sometimes die for too. We're gonna get her back. Today, we'll be talking about the Outlander. Aye. Welcome once again to another edition of Martin Caddy's Coffee Binge. Uh, this one will be a special edition as we are going to be reviewing and recapping the season final for uh, the Stars the Outlander, which is actually was our very first podcast. Uh, and we'll be talking about the season as a whole and what questions still remain to be answered. I'm, of course, your host, Martin, and with me again, as always, my lovely wife, Kathy. Well, good morning, Martin. How do you get to say good morning? Well, I could say good night, but then you wouldn't be here after <laughs> I said that. Well, actually, I probably wouldn't be here after like five o'clock or whatever. <laughs> but anyway, good morning to you. Well, thank you. And top of the morning to you. We're just speaking no, in the Irish, Irish in an Irish brogue instead of a Scottish. I don't. I don't have a Scottish thing. That's okay. It's, I'm kind of like your mother. Everything comes out Irish. Uh, Irish. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So as like we always start every show, uh, we're going to give my lovely wife an opportunity to. Discuss whatever is going on in her head, which uh, would actually probably sound like a whole bunch of different things all at once. But I think she actually has something she wants to discuss that involves her dear brother. So that's right. Go ahead. That's right. Um, And I was blessed this weekend to um, have my oldest brother, Mike, here to talk to me a little bit um, while he was visiting with mom on Mother's Day. Um, The family dynamic here is we're very close and so we all we see each other very frequently and uh, one thing I want to talk to you about my brother Mike is that he is a real handy guy <laughs> I, I okay, mean, you're not, you're I, not confusing I, him with I, Bob I, are you? no yes I, no Mike is um, Mike is the supervisor on the crew usually but He's found it interesting while he is now had some extra time at the house to maybe tackle some projects. So he thought he'd go ahead and videotape these projects and give us all a little idea of how to fix a doorbell and a door 
um, door knob. knob and anything that has door first. And he's going to show you how to fix anything that says door in front of it. Um, but that's, that's the deal, though. He didn't really show you how to fix it. But that's the whole point here. <laughs> the whole point is, is that this is how the video starts off. Here is my doorbell. I don't have a doorbell. Here's the wires that have been sticking out here for 10 years. And now I'm going to show you how how easy this was and then the next picture is there it's already fixed and he says and I'm gonna clean up some of this this glue that's on the uh, siding because that's been here with where I, I had the wires taped down with some duct tape so I gotta clean that up now so basically did he have the duct tape just covering up the hole where the belt door I, th I, I think it was kind of holding yeah I think it was kind of holding the wires down right right there and um so my now a little bit of background here. My brother has uh, been um, fixing or getting. He he really likes um, new cool stuff, and he'll get it, and then it sits in the box that he got it in until it's now obsolete. Right. So he's the polar opposite of me when yeah. I get something. Martin Martin electronic. can't even wait for right. it to come in the door before it's ripped open and and installed. Right. Uh, I can't. You know, if I'm buying something and I want it, it's getting opened. It's not sitting. But I mean, he literally will sit there and let it sit until the next two versions have come out of whatever it is he bought. Right. At least he okay. used to. He's getting better at yeah, it. Yeah, no, he is getting better at it. But, but uh, yeah, Martin has has many times gone over to, uh, and I shouldn't say many times, but a couple of times have gone over and helped Mike install something that afterwards Mike goes, man, I could have done that myself. Well, see, what I thought was funny about his doorbell installation uh, tutorial was that he spent, was more, he, he, spent, right, he spent more time talking about what would happen because there was a doorbell on each door. And, <laughs> but, but they both okay. sounded the same. Yes, that so was, how that do we know the best, door to go That to? was the best part of that video. Uh, Mike, the, yeah, he says, I, now my doorbell is attached now. If I, and now you can come to my side door and ring the doorbell, but it sounds the same as my front door. So if I don't come and open up this door, I'll probably be at the other door. But don't go over to that door because then I'm going to be coming over to this door to see if you go over here. And then you're going to be over there. And then it just went on and on and on. And I'm telling you right now, I laughed so hard. I doubled over in hilarity because it was just that So, so basically what he's telling me is that if you have two people... To visit Mike's house, you want to put one person at one door, one person at the other, hit the doorbell, and one of you is going to get let either, in. Either that or there needs to be, there'd be a, a, a sign out right in his front walk that says, Beware, doorbells ring identical. Stay at one. Someone will come to you sooner or later. I'm saying, of course, doorbells are a really simple thing, so I'm not sure what... Oh, that's right. He said he had that doorbell actually in his toolbox for, like... <laughs> yeah, probably since the other one broke. Right. And he never bothered to install it. But well, you know. It's nice he's, so, he's showing some uh, ambition. Right, yes, yeah. initiative to get that done. Yeah, he also has another video that um, where he put in a, mm -hmm. uh, a doorknob. Again, it was, here's the doorknob I'm going to replace. Oh, there it is. Now it's nice and... And he said, and and it, he also mentioned about that it, just in case you were able to get into his house, that he's going to bring his, Bessie his bat, and that he'll show you how that works. <laughs> I don't know. He just needs help. Actually, the, really, the, the, help. the bat part was actually more uh, beneficial to know because he actually talked about what he was going to do with it, as, <laughs> as, as opposed to the doorbell or the doorknob, which was... which. 
for anyone looking at it would think, okay, here is it not installed, here is it installed. What you didn't see is somebody else came in and took care of this. <laughs> no, he actually did it. He, he made well, that's sure what he, he says it. anyway, but yeah. I don't have any video proof. I, I don't know. I think his wife does, but I think that they didn't find that, that part <laughs> very the, interesting to air. The fact that there's tape residue kind of tells me that, yeah, he probably did yeah, that. He because did chances it. are a professional would not have left the tape residue. I, I, I wouldn't give that, uh, no. Okay, so as I said in the opening, uh, we are going to be talking about... Uh, Stars the Outlander. They just uh, last yesterday released their season final for season five, and we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about the season as a whole. Okay, so starting out right from the get go, what were your impressions of the season five finale? Uh, actually, I liked it. It felt like a good season finale, even though I'm looking forward to what's going on in people's lives and what what they're going to do. I really, really liked. Um, that it kind of felt a little finished for the season. Yeah, what's Instead that? of feeling like I've got a, like I'm on such a cliffhanger that I can't, uh, that I, I'm chomping at the bit to see it the next season. Though I'm chomping at the bit to see it at the next season anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know, but I was kind of surprised that they didn't do a cliffhanger because, as you say, you know, they kind of left it where you could kind of take a breath, but, and you know. Some, Listen, the, every some, single what, episode. Well, here's here's the thing. Every single episode, practically, except for a few of the beginning episodes this year, always make you go, "What's happening?" Right, well, yeah, I would think that's what you would want. Yeah, I mean, because right now you want that all the time. Know, you know but, what? We got enough stress going know, on with right, this other crap going. But on. right now you're basically saying, "Okay, I can't wait till next season just because I like the Outlander, not because you want to know what happened." Next, because they really didn't. I mean, right. other than the fact well, that did. the American Revolution is coming, uh, there's a you know, lot and, of and, things and, that are coming next. And, right, and there you are, know are coming, right. and that's, but that's good because then that's a story. It's not a, oh my God, is he dead? Is he alive? Right. So you know, none but, of that stuff. We're not good with that. And to be honest with you, I almost had expected them to stretch out Claire's abduction beyond this episode. Which I was kind of glad they did I was kind of glad they did I mean, just for someone who didn't want that kind of <laughs> drama right over a year or however long it's going to take them for the do the next uh, and, uh, and season. That, and that's probably why. I, and I don't know if they did that by design just to not make people be like, I mean, everybody's watching right now. Everybody's watching stuff right now because they can. And I think it might be... Except your brother Mike. Whatever. Right. It's a, That's he again. <laughs> though he couldn't even give me an excuse for why he hadn't started some things as he's fixing doorbells. Right. Well, but that. anyway. But uh, I mean, so. Oh, by the way, I had forgot to mention at the very beginning of this thing. There's gonna be spoilers here. So I mean, so if you uh, if you haven't watched it yet and you do watch it, then you may not want to listen to this podcast before you do that. Uh, from ex- just experience to this point, there's not that many people, at least in my. Realm who are watching it, so it shouldn't be that bad. So anyway, so okay, so like we said, there was no cliffhanger at the end of it, right? Uh, but it did continue off from this previous episode where Claire was abducted, right, uh, by the Browns. Uh, at the time, we weren't sure what the reason for it was, but we kind of we kind of had nailed it down to two different reasons, mm-hmm. and it ended up being the first one, which was basically he was upset. Once he found out that she was Dr. Rawlings, mm-hmm. and it was Dr. Rawlings telling uh, her, uh, his wife, how to avoid having, basically uh, procreating with right. him. Right, exactly. Uh, so uh, that's the reason he ended up uh, kidnapping her. Right. And his 
original intention was to take her back to Brownsville, which is where I guess all his people are at, and get her to confess to the... Uh, exactly what he expected her to confess to. He wanted he wanted her to tell all the people in all the women in Brownsville that 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 paper that she was a fraud and that paper wasn't real. I mean that she wrote the paper and that there was no Dr. Rawlings and that that she okay. was the one that she was basically a a, a charlatan. Yeah, that's what he called her. Right. But just because she wrote the paper and not a male doctor didn't make the advice any less. I mean, of course, well, in their they don't time period, exactly. right. And especially him, who basically considered women like, you know, property. Uh, so uh, he, he basically thought she was just sticking her nose in uh, business that, uh, and what he called uh, putting out dangerous thoughts. Yeah, whatever. Which, uh, of okay. course. Yeah, this, this, there's a real source that's a real sore, source of soreness with me with that thing. But anyway. Which part? That just because it was it was backward uh, early day thinking, and I of course, think, and that's always and been course, Claire's problem is because she has the future thinking, right? And she's used to you know women being more you know more equal. She has a hard time understanding why any uh, man yes. would have a problem with a woman with a strong opinion on anything. Well, she and is of course, a doctor, right? And that's just the opposite of the way women were treated at that time. Uh, so, like I said, Claire was abducted and was being basically assaulted pretty much throughout her abduction mm -hmm. by uh, Lincoln Brown and his men. So, to protect herself, she basically put herself in a safe haven in her mind, mm -hmm. which was the basically 60s house. It was, uh, that's what we're assuming it accused by the music that was being oh, yeah. played. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that it was a 60s it house. It was a, definitely a, a mid mod. Right. Matter of fact, I think that they said that the house that she put herself in was one she had actually seen in a magazine yeah, in a previous episode this yes, season. I remember uh, that. Perpetual Adoration. Perpetual, yes, Perpetual Adoration. Thank you. Uh, and she had just saw it uh, in the waiting room while she mm -hmm. was or in right. the lounge. She that. had picked it up. Because, because the, other, the other books that were in there were um, Modern Medicine and uh, it's a couple other things. Right. That, that I, I think the, uh, I can't remember if that was also the one where she ended up picking up the romance novel yeah, which off who, the table. Who, who was from the, her, her doctor friend right. from the feature. Said anyway. that he's the one who put it in there. Yes, because she said, oh, I wouldn't have picked okay, it up. Okay, so uh, in her safe place, you know, she had Jamie, of course, and Jamie was the only one we discussed this. Jamie was the only one still wearing basically his colonial. What are you talking about? His her dreamscape. Yes, her dreamscape. Oh, okay, yes, okay, okay. In her dreamscape, okay. her the place she went to to try yes, to yes, get you get, know, away get away from, from the rape. assault as right. it was going on. Uh, in her dreamscape, Jamie was there, but uh, uh, everyone else was dressed toward the '60s period that mm -hmm. the house was, right. except for Jamie, who was dressed in his colonial garb. Right. Why do you suppose that was? Well. I felt like that's how she knows him. Now, I realize she doesn't know those other people in a modern-day uh, way, but he was her first... That was the first... Those other people came into her lifetime, except for Myrta. You know, even um, all of them came in through Jamie, for right, the most part. Right. I mean, so, and basically... This is what their her life would have been with them in the future, right? Which I, I was kind of, uh, and I guess because Jamie is, she already knows Jamie can't travel through time, right. 
So that kind of maybe that's the thing. No, well, uh, Ian can't travel through time either. But she put him in a military. I don't uniform. know. Well, maybe because of course what, it could have been because of the haircut he was sporting. Uh, you know, with the mohawk thing. I'm not really sure uh, any of that. But was uh, about. of course, you know, he she had Murtal there, which my Murtal looks really good in a turtleneck <laughs> and, and a jacket uh, with a total silver hair uh, look. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had his uh, Aunt Jacosta was there, and mm-hmm. she she could see. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, I found interesting, but she put them together. Which uh, I mean, I did wasn't aware that Jamie or them even knew that they had a. Oh, I thing. think I think Jamie knew that they had a thing. They had a thing. I, yeah, yeah. I, I think so because they were trying to get. Uh, I think they wanted them to get together. Yeah. Well, uh, and of course, Marceline was there, mm-hmm. and uh, so was Fergus. Fergus, and that was her husband. That's the name I was looking for. Fergus. Fergus. Yes. No, Ian was with uh, Bree and Roger because he took them to the stones. Uh, the other ones went with uh, Jamie to the still when the still. That's blew what I up. meant. The still, the still, and that was the whole point of them blowing up the still. Right. So was, they was, draw them away from the house. Right. Which, but anyway, was, when they drew them away from the house, and they were there, and, and I'm wondering if that's why Claire saw all them looking like they belonged in the future because. She could have lost. Um, she could have lost all of them, aside from Jamie. Of course, now, and the, and that was another thing that uh, the only people missing from her family, right, was were Roger, uh, Brianna. She already and, knew they were gone through the stones. Right. So you think that's what, so is that why? I do think that's why they weren't there because. And you she also believe that's why she she rationalized that by basically killing them all. Sort of, because they were dead in her life anymore. She never thought she'd ever see him again. Right, which is, brings up another but thing. Then, but then, like, she's sad by it because she sent them to the future so they'd be safe, and then they got killed in a car accident. Right, which uh, kind of the uh, the thing that uh, Bree had with her dad uh, when, you know, he asked her to go with him, and then he gets in a car accident and dies. Uh, right. right. Okay, so why do you think that Lionel is uh, invading her safe spot? Because you, you see him at the dinner table, you see him as the police officer telling him that Roger, Brian, and, the, and he Jim means are nothing dead. But, he means nothing but trouble to her. He means nothing but a problem. So is that saying that her, you know, basically her safe spot is as safe as she'd want to because he's invading... She's inv- he's invading her... her, her her dream her, right. her, her or her her yeah her safety net and but because he was assaulting her at that point right which is i think was when and of course he's uh by assaulting her he's taking something from her and that's why he's there as yeah. a police officer basically taking brian brian uh, roger from him right um uh, but uh, i thought thought that was interesting so they keep uh like i said they she keeps going back to that safe haven mm-hmm. in her mind mm-hmm. to protect herself against the, the assault. Um, so Jamie finally, you know, is getting the men ready to come find her. Uh, Roger and Bree and Gemma had went through the stones and they thought they had went back to the, right. uh, went back to the future, but when they, Get up off the ground and look, and you mirror at the end, of, or anyone who saw the previous episode, where Roger went, what the devil, yeah. and what the devil was, yeah. he, Ian was there. Right. They had not went anywhere. Right. Uh, so, why do you think it is that, the, and we've... We, we, okay, I, I, there's a couple, I have a couple theories here. Okay, so why they didn't go anywhere. Right. Theory number one is, I feel like this is their first 
uh, traveling through these stones that are close by their house. By the stones in the Americas as opposed right. to the ones as in Scotland. the one in Scotland. Because they both, they both came through in Scotland and then came over here. Um, so I'm not sure now. Are stones are the stones where you come in need to be the ones where you go out? But I thought that... Um, that what's her name? Um, that Galus went through different stones, but I could be wrong. No, she, I, I thought she might have going through just the stones. Yeah, as far as I know, both times that well, how did that, she get to the, the, to first, the Caribbean though? Uh, I think, of course, I think that was a travel once she went through the stones in Scotland, and just like you know, Jamie got to the Americas, they got on a boat and went to wherever they went. Yeah, but they were at a at a at a place like that. That was in that cave. That, that circle of oh, they water. Had stone, they had things in there. That too? was that was like a travel port, a port, a portal too. I thought. Well, I, you know, what? I'm I mean, gonna have to rewatch that. Yeah, episode. But be, anyway, but okay. the fact of the matter is, I said um, anyway, both Claire, Roger, and Brienne had up until all, then had made all their journeys through the from Scotland. Scotland, right? Okay, and so, so now maybe that is that uh, that could be a thing. And the reason I think that's possible is because you know they they said that, okay we were thinking of home. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think that's a, nece- a necessity to think of a certain location, like I said, because when Claire went through the stones the very first time, she wasn't thinking, oh, I want to go back to 200 years ago Scotland. No, and again, the, the, something that I thought was made clear about on uh, previous traveling, that th- th- there needed to be a, almost like a calling to that person to the other side. To, to wherever they were going. So, now, so was the re- uh, the, I feel like the reason why Claire got to go the first time was because history, she'd already been there once. Okay, we're talking the first or second time? The first time. She'd already been there once because this is 200 years later. So really, that history already happened. Even though in her mind it didn't happen yet. Jamie oh, calling these time, to her. These time paradox things. Right. Uh, Which would make sense. Uh, and he went and saw her before it ever even happened. Yeah, so of course, now, we we know he can't go through the stone, so I'm but, that but, part but, of it. But, but, not, but his ghost went and right. saw her in the future before he even met her. Yes, I know, because uh, her husband uh, ran into the ghost. Right. With, so... He, she was being called. I think that's what it is. And you know what? Probably in the books it tells you that, but I haven't read a book, so there you go. Anyway, so that's that. That's what I think. Well, see, another thing, I mean, that again was interesting about the stones. Again, like I said, the stones in Scotland, it's a call it a uh, historical monument mm-hmm. thing. So no one touches them. You know, fan, uh, tourists go to see them. These ones in America, they can go guarantee you where these things are in the future. It's not like those were kind of in some kind of, at least as far as I knew, weren't kind of a thing where people go to see them. I mean, for all we know, in the future, those things have been torn down and a building's been put in their place. Uh, or maybe they're in the middle of a wildlife preserve, or maybe they're in the middle of a zoo. Oh, you mean, oh, you mean the, the, the stones oh, in America? Yeah, because, well, well and first of all, because you didn't come from them in the future or the past. Right. And again, I, I, and that's or, why I tend to well, he believe... Said, now, he said that... Oh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. But the Indian that saw her when she was getting... When she was tied up and getting... Yes. Knocked around and raped. 
told her that he came there from 1968 with a bunch of other people. With a bunch of American Indians. Right. And they went there supposedly, he said, to save the Mohawk. Which, uh, of course, why he was surprised when he she told him that the Mohawk killed him. Said, well, you know, again, obviously you guys failed. Of course, you know, they do a lot of the stuff. matter of fact, uh, you know, all these people going back with the idea they're going to change something, mm-hmm. it never really works out. I mean, history doesn't get, you know, you can change a few little tiny things. Which, of course, is why Ian, in the previous episode, wanted to know if he could go back and just change whatever happened mm-hmm. between a man and his wife. Mm-hmm. Which I still think is him, but... Till this point, which we're going to get to, we still don't know what's going on with Ian. Yeah. Though I did have to say that in Jamie's battle to rescue Claire, Ian was the boss in that oh, battle. Oh, yeah, huh? because he was, he was, he was, uh, he, so was he, he was killing people and taking names. Yeah, and so he fought just like a skilled Indian warrior mm-hmm. with a tomahawk and a war club and was beating people left and right, which, uh, considering how... And his form was fantastic. Right, right. <laughs> Well, well, we ju- we we're judging the storm. I can tell you what. If I was, if I had been in that time period, I would have just from the what we saw there. He looked so at ease with his with his with his battle tools and things and it was very it was kind of exciting right we'll say and be honest with you when, like I first, when i first saw you know because i've watched it three times now uh the the episode yeah when i first did i didn't realize that was him i was sitting there thinking hey he's one of those uh mr brown's yeah, guys yeah. that on there is fighting pretty good but it yeah. was ian mm-hmm. uh, uh of course and ian didn't have a bit of problem killing people Mm-mm. which is unlike roger who uh yeah, agreed he, to go he, with him. Yeah. He had, you know, he's a history teacher. He's, right. he's uh, not, killing people he's is not, not his boy, right. right. Uh, but you know, I guess he figured I'm not a history teacher anymore. I can't even get right. back. <laughs> right. So <laughs> screw that idea. And, and to be honest with you, the, the the fact that they came back, he seemed to take that role totally well. I mean, well, I, thought, I mean, what what are you gonna do? I mean, honest to God, and and honestly, first of all, Roger really doesn't have any family. No, because and he said as much. Of course, you know, he, uh, his adoptive father had passed away already. Right. So, right, basically, it was and, him. And oh, you there know, you go. Closest and he came to family was the the little girl, you know, the, and that, her, and that, uh, the granddaughter the, of, uh, of the guy that he that they were. That he wasn't. He wasn't. Um, he wasn't blood related yeah, to her. I nah. mean, I mean, but so. Right, theoretically, he, I mean, he was. He there was nothing calling them back. Right, the because only thing, Bree's family was. Was her mother and um, and uh, her father who's dead? And right. there, I mean, friends certainly, I'm sure, were on the other side, but also, but there was no family calling to her. And I think that's why when both of them were talking about going home, that they actually said, and and frankly, I don't think they were that upset about it because you know it is a simpler time well see well, well of course i thought the reason they really wanted to go back is they wanted to try to avoid the bloodshed that was getting ready to happen in with the, the re- re- revolution yeah well uh, they know the, what's going to happen so yeah so uh maybe they, they should spend the time they got left building like a bomb shelter or something <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> and gonna hide it. Or what do you call it the uh what do you call it the room that you lock yourself into oh yeah a uh, uh a safe 
uh, not safe. Uh, a um, panic room. Panic room, right. So make themselves a panic room so they'll just lock themselves up during however long the American Revolution mm-hmm. lasts. Right. Because then we'll come back out after the... While, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. So they warn you in the beginning of the episode that, you know, there is going to be some uh, graphic sexual yeah. assault. And there was. Uh, and uh, Jamie, of course, uh, once Roger and Bree return back from uh, the Stones, and uh-huh. you know they go, they're going to stop halfway through, but they decide to go on when they see the crosspire burning, right. and they know that that's not burning unless there's a problem. So they go back, and of course, Jamie is excited and happy to see them, but he said, you know, the they were attacked. Uh, your mother was taken. The Browns probably did it. We're going after him. So Bree wants to go with him. Right. And Bree's, and he tells her, no, it's not safe for you uh, to go with him. And I thought that was another interesting, I don't know if it was a, you know, it's a minor little deal, where usually, you know, she called her adopted, you know, her what the man she thought was her father, she called him dad. Right. And called Jamie Da. Right. We but, told her to call him. Right. But when she was saying that she was going to go with him, she called him dad. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just the, you know, I don't know if a Freudian slip didn't really probably have yes. anything to do with anything. But anyway, so he tells her to stay there, but Roger says he's going to go because he had promised him in the Fiery Cross, that right. episode number one, that he swore that if he went to war, he would go with him. So he said, so I did you mean that when you told me you wanted me to come with you? He said, yeah. He said, well, I meant it too, so I'm going with you. Right. Uh, so anyway, so uh, apparently, like I said, the Browns left a really easy trail to follow because they caught up to him pretty quick. Right. And of course, they... Pretty much wiped out the uh, him and Ian and the bunch wiped out the floor with him. But Roger was forced to kill him for the first time. Right. Uh, and later on, we'll find that kind of bothered him. Because again, he's a history teacher; he's not right. supposed to kill people. Uh, but anyway, so they rescue Claire, and there's a few people left still living. Right. So Myers, the hunter, who went with them. Offers his knife to Claire, saying, hey, "Do you want to avenge yourself upon the right. left?" And of course, Jamie tells her, "No, she made she took an oath not to take lives, but I do her killing for her." Mm-hmm. And of course, Ian said, "Yeah, and so do I." And, and then, then Fergus, uh, Fergus said, said, "Yeah, and so do I." So uh, he asked Claire, "said Okay, so basically, who and how many, as mm-hmm. far as uh, you know, or, or who and who did it?" And she couldn't answer that question, so he took Jamie tells him, "Kill them all." All right. So Ian's okay, walks up the hill to go do it. Right. Uh, I'm not sure where Roger was during that time. I doubt that he took part in that. Mm, I think Roger I, probably just kind of sat back and watched. But he didn't say anything because, so after that, he picks Claire up and brings her over to where the rest of the men are dead and kind of show her, okay, these guys are all dead. They will never harm you. They're right. dead. Uh, and But they find one of them alive, which was Lionel. Lionel's still alive. We'll right. Go figure that. Uh and they're getting ready to kill him, but Rogers tops them and says, you know, we may want to ask him some questions and find out why it is they did what they did and maybe what their plans are. Mm. And Jamie thinks, yeah, we probably do, Said, but I want to get Claire home. So I'm going to take Claire home and you and Myers go ahead right. and load him up and take him back to the house. Right. So that's what they do. So anyway, so they take uh, Claire back home and she sees Bree and even though she's, in, you know, beat up and hurt and traumatized, she's still happy that Brie is there. So Brie takes care of her, uh, 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 draws her a bath, and Claire's really not saying anything. She's just got a brush and scrubbing her nails, trying to get the, you know, the 
kind of just trying to scrub away the memory, basically, kind mm -hmm. of thing. But she's not saying anything. So Bree basically tells her that you have my hands and you have my ears whenever you need them and leaves right. her. Uh, afterwards, once she gets dressed, Jamie comes to see her and it just breaks his heart to see that she's struggling. So, But Claire is really tough. <laughs> yes, she uh, is. And she makes it a point to tell Jamie that She's been through too much to let this... This one little thing... Right, which is not a little thing. Right, but, but, but in her mind, with all of the things that she's had to endure, that this thing is a... It's just another thing. thing that's just going you know, to... She's you know, not going to let it... I survived World War II. Yeah. I survived losing a child. You know, I've been beaten. I've been betrayed. I've been... You name it. This is not, you know, you would think this should break me, but it's not going to, mm. which is was really impressive, uh, and McCormick just basically tells you the kind of person that Claire is. Mm -hmm. That's probably why Jamie loves her so much. Uh, so anyway, so she's trying to get by through that as best she can. Uh, in the meantime, just on a side note, Roger, like I said, had to kill someone for the first time, so he goes back to Bree and... Uh, as they're getting ready for bed, he wants to tell her about, you know, he asked her, he asked, did Jamie tell you what happened? Mm. You know, no, tell me what happened. She goes, well, I want to tell you. So anyway, he tells her to put out the candle, because yeah, I guess he wants to confess to her in the dark. Mm -hmm, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so he tells her that he killed a man, mm -hmm. and that's as far as it goes. But basically, he just had to get it off his chest that he did that. Mm -hmm. And he was concerned that whether God would think he was, he was right to do that. Right. Right, which uh, makes me wonder, I mean, does he think that Breeze is... Replacement for God to give her give him permission. No, I or? think I think that it's kind of like um, things that you say in the dark. Well, and it's kind of very familiar, similar to the relationship kind of relationship Claire and Jamie have. I mean, they'll talk about just about anything right. with each other. Right. Just if nothing else, I guess, just to get it off your chest that it right. happened. I mean, the the thing of it is, is that if you can't, when you stop being able to tell. The person that means the most to you, the things that are the most important for you to talk about. When you can't say those things to the, somebody anymore, what do you have? I mean, what do you have? Is there, uh, it's the beginning of the end of your relationship because it's how it works. I, I'm very familiar with when you cannot say the things you need to say. Okay, so in the meantime, uh, Lionel is... In Claire's surgery, strapped to the table, and uh, you know he's still hurt. And like I said the he's ballsy as all uh, get out because he's sitting there asking for mercy, telling them not to let Jamie kill him. And I'm thinking, well, why in the hell should we show you any mercy whatsoever? And of course, uh, uh, Marce Marceli is basically telling, shut, shut up. <laughs> I love her. I love her comments. Right. And say, no, and it makes me feel like, yeah, that's right. I said, I've grown to really I like love Marcel. her. I do yeah, too. Uh, I love considering her that her mother was uh, such, well, a, such a piece of work, uh, uh, she's been great. So anyway, we so, gotta remember that she lived with, you know, Jamie was with his mother. For with them, her with Marcelie and right. I mean, they her sister for a while in their kind of formidable years. So right, so you know, Claire goes down there to see, 
And she's trying to be a professional about it. She's mm-hmm. trying to be member of her oath and everything. But he's sitting there, keep talking about how that she should be merciful to him, which like I said was uh, ballsy in the extreme. And even while Claire's sitting there thinking that, uh, you know, I have this oath, she's grabbing a hold of a scalpel. And she's probably thinking, you know, it wouldn't take much, just a little nick here. But she tells herself, you know, I will do you no harm. And puts the scalpel down. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, she tells uh, uh, Marcelli what to do. Right, to prepare, to take, you know, to prepare a th- thing to give him a, an injection. So she leaves the room and breaks down upstairs, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, she can't still stand to be around him. Uh, and Marcelli is preparing for him, and he's sitting there telling her that you best take good care of me because if you don't, my brother's going to come over here and slaughter all of you or he's going to burn down your cabins with you while you're sleeping. Which kind of leads you to two different things. Number one, I'm still thinking the chances are all these attacks that have been happening around all these uh, around the communities have been them trying to justify the reason for their committee of safety. Thing. Right, right. Uh, because he basically described what was going on in these places. And, you know, of course, they would tell you that it was the Indians that did it. Well, like I said, in the, in the cabin that Jamie and them found, there was one arrow. And that's all they found in, in, in all the bodies that they found. So he also said, okay, so he basically threatened that we're going to kill you if you don't take good care of me. And she's basically telling, you that, uh, telling him that, you know, Claire has trained me in the healing arts. Right. But I have taken no such oath. That she did. Right. So, I am going to basically take your life because you you will no longer hurt. You hurt me. You hurt, uh, she calls her Ma, or hurt Claire. And uh, I will see you burned in hell before I let you do any harm or any other person in this house. Right. So, she basically took some hemlock and injected it into his neck. Right. Good riddance, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you're Of course, Marcelli is a good person. Right. So, right after doing it, she's immediately concerned that she's basically signed her ticket to hell. Right. For doing so, or that he's going to haunt her. Right. And that's where Jamie, when he comes in, he finds her on the floor with the needle. And she's concerned that, you know, because she did this, that she's condemned her her sold to eternal hellfire. And, of course, Jamie tells you, hey, what's done is done. Basically, don't worry about it. Right. Uh, So after he does that, he goes ahead and takes the body and takes it back up to Brownsville, back to Lionel's brother. Says, okay, your brother and his men attack the ridge, kidnap my wife, and uh, assaulted her, so we killed them all. I'm bringing back your brother for burial. And he said, well, you know, Lionel re- kind of reap what he sowed. So I appreciate you bringing him back. And you did what you had to do. But I'm going to have to do what I'm going to have to do at, you know, at some point in time. Right. Basically, just kind of warning him that, you know, what goes around comes around kind of thing. Which uh, kind of leaves the door open for next season of what that actually means. Because right. So anyway, so Jamie goes back to the... Uh, to Fraser's Ridge, everything's kind of back to normal a bit, uh, and they're uh, standing on the porch, and Claire sees a post that's kind of leaning, and said that 
post is over there, Lane. And Jamie said, well, I'm going to go take her right now. I said, no, let's not. Let's just go ahead and enjoy what's uh, kind of an ordinary day. Uh, and in the meantime, a storm is brewing off the side, which is basically kind of literal and figurative. A storm is brewing because the American Revolution is coming. Right. So there are, there's trouble coming. So the episode ends with Jamie and Claire laying uh, naked in their bed. Mm-hmm. And he's marveling about how brave she is. Uh, and I'm assuming he's doing it because, you know, after his assault, when it happened to him, he had a hard time letting anyone touch him. Correct. Uh, and the same thing with Brianna when hers happened. But uh, Claire seems to be coping better than they did. Right. And, you know, so... Maybe this, <laughs> Maybe possibly the spit will hit the fan later. But right now... She's coping with the best right. she, as best she can. Right. Uh, so that's kind of where the episode ends. Okay. Uh, so we got we know we have a sixth season coming. We do not know when it's going to be. We don't. I don't know if it's been filmed. I, I kind of think it has not. So there's a few questions that remain to be answered. Okay, okay, let's back up the truck. Okay. So season five as a whole, what did you think of season five? It was a good season. I mean. It was. It started out a little bit on the uh, calm side, which I kind of liked because you are. There was so much nail biting in the first four seasons at every single episode. It always felt like you were. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! What's going to happen next? And then you kind of got a little bit of a reprieve um, with things starting to settle in a little bit. And then all of a sudden, the stuff I started right. The Basically, fan from uh, from episode one through five, you got bits of information about what was going on, but they were kind of self-contained. It was only when episode six, uh, the Bottle of Roger Mac hit, that the drama started to ratchet up, and it pretty much kept up that way all the way until uh, the season final uh, final that we watched last night. Right. Uh, so like I said. Of these episodes, like I said, there were there are no bad episodes in uh, the Outlander, and that's the one thing we always tell people is that season now, season one through season five. In fact, uh, Lizzie, uh, how long did it take Lizzie to watch? All Not catch- very long. Right. Not I, mean, I mean, you figure honestly, if you kind of put a little bit of an effort into it and watch a couple two, two or probably two episodes a night. I mean, you can get through the whole thing. And she it. was going, I mean, she was going, okay, I'm watching this. Uh, okay, I gotta watch the next one. She was kind yeah. of doing, doing our deal. Yeah. Uh, and it so, didn't take us long. And I can tell you what, it did not take us long to get caught up this season. Because it does, again, because it does draw you in. It's, especially especially because, of, again, because of the drama that's involved, especially in the... Uh, and again, I enjoy these kind of... There is obviously a thread of truth through this whole thing because it's it, it follows along with history's adaptation of what's going on. I mean, the American Revolution did yeah. happen. Battle these of Clyde did happen. Right. <laughs> these are these are actual events, and for me, filling in somebody's backstory in between those those events is whether it's true or not. I mean, it's it's very intriguing, and just like this whole thing is intriguing to me anyway because I kind of like the mm-hmm. whole idea of being able to time travel. I've always thought it was right. fascinating. Uh, so anyway, like I said, so 
the season as a whole, like I said, not including this last episode we watched. My favorite two episodes of the season were uh, The Bottle of Roger Mack, which was, like I said, was the very first episode where the drama kind of ratcheted up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the one where uh, Murtaugh ended up d- dying, which was kind of heartbreaking for Jamie. And for anyone who's watched the series up until then, it was, was kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, Roger being hung at the end. Uh, and, of course, they kind of left it a cliffhanger as far as whether he survived or not. Uh, and then they skipped a week, which was kind of dirty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, so uh, he ended up surviving that. Uh, and the other episode was Mercy Shall Follow Me. And this is the one where they finally get the revenge on Stephen Bonnet, who had yeah. been basically just asking for it for a while now. And he finally got, he was the man who ended up had raped Bree. All right. Uh, and it, what uh, once they finally caught him, uh, like I said, I was you know of course Jamie's total idea was when we catch him we're gonna kill him. All right. That was his plan. But it was Bree who decided that no, she did not want him killed. She wanted him justice to right. be and, dealt. And so okay, so t- explain to me again exactly why you think she did that. Because uh, he has skated through. He's gotten away with this. He's gotten away with murder twice already, and and not necessarily murder, murder, but. Um, yeah, in some I mean, cases, but, murder. But, but basically murder, But yes, he escaped but, justice. Yes, he escaped justice twice. He he was let go by Jamie the first time, and the second time, they burnt the jail down and he escaped. He is like a slippery little sucker, and you got to catch that little fella, <laughs> because... Um, Good job of centering yourself there. <laughs> um, but because... And, and I, I know exactly why she wanted him to... Ha- have justice. I mean, well, 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 actually, her to have justice, but him to, ha- the, to, to face have the justice. Yes, to face. Well, see, and again, like I said, I hadn't thought of it until you said it. Was that you know his original plan uh, was to g- basically get custody of steal, Jeremiah. Yeah, basically Jeremiah. steal Jeremiah. And of course, so he could and, have his and of course, back back in that particular time. The fact that she, even though he raped her, the fact that she went ahead and had the babies, to as far as they're concerned, she basically was a, it was consensual. A willing participant, right. right? So because of that, he was thinking that he could get custody of Jeremiah, which meant he could get custody of River Run, and get and all that property. All uh, so by letting him face justice, she basically kind of circumvented that by saying, "Okay, yeah, you were as you said, you were a scoundrel. You had these." crime you did these crimes mm-hmm. so there should be nobody coming up later and saying somehow or another right. that jeremiah was somebody else's uh custody but the thing i found interesting at the end of it though was that he and i had never seen this kind of execution before i'm sure that's but it was the oh yeah the drowning the drowning right tie him to a post in high tide and wait for the water to well, engulf you low tide, low tide. right and wait for it to engulf you uh and originally i guess the people that he had committed crimes against were all sitting you know like people watching the execution were all there watching but it was taking so long most of them left right uh so he was kind of by himself well, the tide doesn't come in in five minutes right though i thought it was interesting and this is something lizzie brought up that i didn't notice and i guess i have to go back and watch was that he had a fear of drowning. Yes. And I didn't realize that. Well, was he the told case. that whole story to uh Bree um when he was at her house when they when 
when he actually kind of captured her. Oh, and, took her to his house yeah, one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was trying to get to know her or whatever. Right. And he was like, you know, all my life, uh, you know, I, she says, well, what bothers you or whatever? And, you know, you don't seem like anything bothers you. And he was like, you know, I... I I, I genuinely have a fear of drowning, blah, 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 blah. Which was kind of poetic justice that that's the yeah. sentence they gave him. Well, right. Of course, at the end, when the water was getting up close to his head, Bree ended up shooting him in the head. And of I would have done it. I would have done the same. I would have done that as well, I think. Because, first of all, even though I would have liked to have seen him suffer a fearfully tragic death that he has probably instilled upon and and instilled upon other people I'm sure Um, and it was probably his just desserts to get it but I also would have been in the same frame of mind as Bria's oh hell no I'm going to shoot your ass to make sure you're dead and again for the same reason that you mentioned previously was that he's already gotten away right twice yeah all all he needs to do is float his butt up as as he's on the uh, you know I don't know I don't know I don't know there's no reason to take the chance right I wouldn't have either a bullet between the eyes will stop you every time right uh, so, so I, like I said, that was my second favorite episode of the season up until this last one. Uh, but like I said we got six, season six coming, and there, you know, even though we didn't really have a cliffhanger, there's still some questions to be answered going into season Correct. six. You got still, you need to know what happened with Ian and the Mohawk because obviously something happened. It was sad to Ian. It has something to do with a, a woman. She's not dead because he told uh, Roger that she wasn't dead. Maybe it was. Maybe he wasn't. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I've guessed so many we, things. We don't so know far. what it is, but it was something. Obviously, he think, he thought that he could go back in time and fix relatively easily. So there's still that to be found out. You got Wendigo Donner, who was the Indian time traveler. That what's his name? Wendigo Donner. That's his name. That's his name. Wendigo Donner. Yes. Can't he just be and have another name? No. Wendigo Donner is his name. Wendigo Donner. And, and he he's, was a, one of, he's an Indian. Yes, he was one of the American Indians that went back in 1968. Of course, he was not there when they killed off everybody. So he's still out and about. So we got to try to find kind of... He's trying to get back. All right. Which Claire offered, you know, if she if he had cut her loose, she said that I could get you gemstones and you can get you back. All right, well, he said, I can't let you go now. Right, because, because he was too scared, gonna... of, he was scared of Lionel. Because right. Lionel was crazy. Uh, so he's still out running about. You got William Brown and his warning about what was going to happen. Lionel's brother. Yeah, Lionel's brother. What was going to happen, or at least the possibility of what was going to happen, that he was going to seek vengeance for his brother eventually yeah. at some point in time. Uh, they don't know what that is, when it is. And, of course, you know, they talked about, Lionel talked about them burning the, like I said, burning the cabins down. That is supposedly how Jamie and Claire die. According to the obituary. Right. So maybe that ties into it. We do not know. And, of course, you got the American Revolution getting ready to happen. And, you know, everything that goes along with that. And there's all kinds of opportunities to get yourself killed during that. So, uh, and, of course, then you still have uh, Roger and Brianna. You know, they failed in this attempt to go back. Well, they attempt to do it again. Right. Who knows? Anyway, so those are kind of the questions we have for Season 6. Like I said, we don't know when that's going to happen. As far as I know, right now, again, if you want to watch The Outlander, Seasons 1 through 3 is still on Netflix. Seasons 4 or 5 
four and five are on stars. Right. I would somehow assume some of those those seasons will end up back on Netflix again. I don't know that for a fact. But to make for stars to make room for new shows, they might go ahead and let them move over to Netflix. Right. So anyway, so um, those are your avenues to see the Outlander and to catch up before season six. And you're going to have time, apparently, if anything, <laughs> if anything goes like it always does. So uh, that's pretty much what we got for The Outlander. I'm Martin. And I'm Kathy. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Martin Kathy's Coffee, Coffee Binge. Binge. Bye. Bye.